We have a special episode of Locked On Islanders today. We look at the Islanders' top prospects and some players that they may take with the 49th overall pick in this year's draft. We are joined by Hadi Kalakesh of Locked On NHL Prospects. All that on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. And we are now also available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show the host of Locked on uh, NHL prospects, Hadi Kalakesh. And uh, Hadi, thank you so much for joining us and wanted to have you share your knowledge about the Islanders' prospects and maybe some players they could target in the second and maybe fourth round of this draft because they just don't have a lot of picks <laughs> again this year. Again. This is a recording. Yeah, we can thank Lou for that. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, I'm, I've, I don't think I've spent more time watching prospects than, than this year. This is really the year I've invested the most in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk prospects all the way into the fourth round. Beyond that, you kind of lose me. But, you know, I, I've got I've got a good uh, maybe two two twenty players I've watched this year. So decently, decently stacked up in terms of the draft. But I'm only comfortable with about 150 of them that I can actually tell you about. Only. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, relatively, I mean, there's guys in this industry, they, they're, pardon me the expression, they're crazy. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's why I draw the line. 150 is the most I can do in a year. Well, that, that does put you roughly at the end of the fourth round. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's not bad at all. Let, mm-hmm. Let's start off by talking a little bit about the Islanders prospect pool itself. I mean, most experts rate it near the bottom of the NHL and Lou Lamorello has traded away this year will be the fourth straight year that the Islanders mm-hmm. do not have a first round pick. They traded away Atu Ratu, who was considered the top player in their prospect pool in the Bo Horvat deal. So when you look at Islanders prospects now, who stands out the most to you? Uh, I always really, really liked Isaiah George's game on defense he's one of these guys who's just consistently flies under the radar but his defensive impact is 
really strong. Um, he's a type of player who's just through his skating and his positioning will just get you out of position and, and clear up the middle of the ice. You very rarely get the step inside on him. Um, really good footwork, really strong stick along the boards. He's not the biggest, most physically imposing guy, but I liken him a bit to a Jared Spurgeon where kind of a, kind of a smaller stature type of guy with, with not as much muscle to him, but just as good a defensive impact, if not better than a lot of these big, strong defenders um, in terms of what he does on, uh, especially in transitions. I really, really like the way that he's, he moves to puck up the ice. It's simple yet effective. It's it's something I really like. It's something that we see from Bo Aki this year, who's in the in the draft class. Just these guys who are able to make simple but very 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 effective plays, um, moving the puck up the ice. So that's one guy. Then we can talk a bit about Matt Maggio and William Dufault, who to me are very similar prospects. I mean, they're both really really good off puck movers with a great great shot, um, but do lack some of that foot speed that you need in order to create separation in the NHL. So that's a bit of a concern, but Hey, stick him in the NHS, stick him in the AHL, get some skating coaches working on him and just see what happens. Right. I, th- I think that, you know, if you get a 30, if you get one 30 goal scorer out of those two, you're lapping to the bank. They're late round picks. It didn't really cost you much. So those are two guys I'm pretty interested in as well. And like all of these, the, the first three players you mentioned, how far away do you think they are from being full-time you know, NHL players. Well, you know, in, in terms of optimism, I think that Matt Maggio has the tools in order to have a bottom six impact right away. Of course, the skating isn't there, but the defensive game is there. The anticipation is definitely there. He thinks the game at an NHL level, you know, not a high-end NHL level, but definitely at a level that can compete with, with other NHLers in a bottom six. And then you build off of that, right? Because his goal-scoring ability is fantastic. What he did in Windsor last year, is tremendous scored 50 plus goals and all of them were just really smart really effective plays and tight um or just moving off the puck and hitting a pocket at the right time so for me you know Majo could be the closest one in terms of you know you might see him play a game or two next year um I think Zufool does need a bit more work because he's a lot more raw you know he he has that goal scoring element that Majo has but he doesn't have as high of an anticipation um, as Maggio does, definitely not the same level of playmaking either. I like him. I like what he brings to the table, but he is a couple years away more than Maggio, in my opinion. And then Isaiah George, that's put third in that kind of category. George is really solid in transition, but he's still unsigned, and it's for good reason. He hasn't really been getting good minutes in London and hasn't been able to elevate his offensive game to a level where you can kind of see him make the NHL in the next two, three years. And usually defensemen take longer, as we were discussing on my podcast, right? It takes a tiny bit longer for them to push for that role. So I'd say, I think Isaiah George is definitely in the NHL by 24, um, but not before that. And one one player I wanted to ask you about, because a lot of uh, fans who watch Bridgeport a lot uh, have talked about Ruslan Iskakov. Mm-hmm. What, if anything, can you tell me about him? I know he's not a big player, uh, but yeah. how does his lack of size affect his NHL readiness? So with Ishakov, I've watched him a couple of times in his draft year, but kind of lost track of him since. But I remember really, really liking his his off-buck movement, and I really liked his dynamism in this draft year. Like you said, he's a shorter player, a smaller player who, you know, his job really is to dart in between defenders and find space, right? At that size, you need to play in between checks. You can't linger beside defenders because they'll push off you really easily. 
you know, so for me, a guy like Ishakov, you, you know, to put up the points that he did this year in the AHL against men, against big, strong men as well, because a lot of AHLers are in that six plus range in terms of, of height. So he's really exciting. His playmaking ability solid. I really like the scoring touch in tight. He's not the type of guy who's going to shoot the lights up and, and, you know, pop a water bottle or anything, but he's able to make really, really decent goals happen in tight, you know, jumping on rebounds just at the right times. He's got great anticipation, great reaction time as well. Um, I don't know about his NHL projectability because, you know, I'm not always worried about size. I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm one of the scouts in the public sphere. That's the least worried about size because, what I mainly focus on is how do you adapt and, and what, what adaptive tools you've developed, you know, guys like Zach Benson, et cetera, they're smaller guys, but not worried at all about their size because they play the right way for their size. Right. But is Hawkov's size really holds him back in that sense. Um, he's not getting into board battles and winning him. He's not engaging first and being more aggressive than his opponents to give himself a fighting chance. Those are some concerns. Now, He's 22. He's got a bit of runway left, and who knows? But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on him becoming a top six option down the road. I'd see him more as, you know, at best a third liner who's going to put in a couple points, going to help you on the power play as a secondary option. But um, I, I wouldn't bet money on him being a top six option long term. And as far as NHL ready, when do you think that might take place? I think he'll he'll get a couple looks just to see how he plays. You know, he might play a game next year maybe two. Um, but for him to become a long-term NHLer might be a bit of a while. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of become a, a perennial league men type of guy at 26, 27 type of guy who jumps from team to team and plays in the bottom six, does a great role. I'm thinking of guys like Jordan Wheel, um, you know, guys who have that that speed, that agility, that, that dynamism, but not to a level that pushes them into a top six role permanently. So I'd say really around 26, 27 is when I could expect a guy like his Hawkoff to become a staple of an NHL lineup on a game by game basis. But again, it's been a long while since I've watched him properly. I've seen highlights here and there since the draft, but this was just my read from him based on his, based on his, on what I saw from his draft here. I can't really speak too much on his progression since then. All right. Well, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show with Hottie and uh, we will talk about uh, some of the, uh, players the Islanders may target in this year's draft. So we will definitely take a look at that. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you have. Perfect. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you with 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. So any other prospects in the Islander system? I know it's kind of not their strength right now that, that you think have the potential to help this team, you know, in the next couple of years. Callie Odelius, for 
for sure. Um, he has taken a step back this year. I don't think that, you know, he's been playing up to the level that we thought he was capable of uh, last season. But 11 points in 43 games for your gardens in the uh, in the Alsvenskan in the Swedish second division isn't bad for a defenseman in his draft plus one. I was a big, big fan of his in this draft year. Um, now, I was betting on some of the concerns with the defensive side of the game for him, you know, getting better. I've always liked his rush defending, but in zone, it was a headache. He tends to lose track of cycles. He tends to lose track of, you know, his checks at times, uh, lose puck battles on uh, along the boards on rebounds. But offensively, I mean, he can move the puck and the fluidity on him, the skating on him is tremendous. Um, but just the intelligence and poise and patience he has with the puck as well has been really impressive to me. Um, that's one thing I liked ever since his draft here last year. I'd say right now, Adelius to me is the best prospect in the pool. Um, that's one guy who I think really kind of is a step above a step above Isaiah George in terms of upside, a good two steps of, of, above Matt Maggio and William Defoe in terms of certainty as well. I really like the profile he had. He was he was a top twenty pick for me in his draft year uh, last year. Now again, he's taken a step back, and there is some progression required, and, and I'm waiting to see what he can bring, you know, in terms of upping his game two or three level to become a true pro, but he's been handling himself well-ish against uh, men in the Swedish second division with a team that was relegated. Yes, he is well surrounded with, you know, the likes of Jonathan Lekiramaki and Noah Oslund and Liam Ergren, but he is really manning that defense pretty well. And I've been, I've been decently surprised with what he's been able to do with the, you know, he works in flashes, right? So there are moments where it's a concern, but there are other moments where he wows you and gets you out of your seat. So I'm just, I'm waiting to see some consistency out of Odellius before I kind of pronounce myself on saying, oh, this is a top four defenseman in the making. But it does feel that way based on the flashes that you see, if you ignore the bad stuff, you know? <laughs> and how yeah. far away would you say he is from coming over to North America and then making, you know, the, the big club? I think he spends an extra year in Sweden uh, and then makes a jump to the AHL. Probably spends two, three years honing his craft, becoming more consistent, getting again, you know, adapting to the North American style, um, and then kind of starts to ease his way into the lineup. So I'd say somewhere at 23, 22, 23, you start to see him a tiny bit in the NHL. Um, but I think it'll be a consistent staple of a lineup by the time he's 24. Now, is that in a bottom pair role or more in a top four role? I'm not sure yet based on what I've seen. Uh, but that'll unfold the way it unfolds, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, should be should be good. But, you know, basically, you go through this list. We've talked about five different players. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of help in the short term in this organization right now. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, the, the prospect pool's looking more, looking more like a puddle right now uh, in New York. Uh, but, listen, drafts are coming, and if Lou manages to hold on to a first-round pick one of these days – it's going to start getting filled up again. It's just, for me, it's, it's you know, there are teams with a complete opposite mindset of a little Lamarillo where they're, they're stockpiling draft picks like it's doomsday and, you know, the, this is the last day they're going to get to draft prospects, right? Um, but to each your own, I think that Lou is trying to build a contender. And when you're trying to build a contender, you're looking for immediate help from your pool. You're looking for guys who are going to jump in right away. I think Aturatu was probably the closest in terms of, you know, making the NHL and sticking to it. Uh, so, so it's sad to see him go, but Bo, Bo Horvat is a great addition to that lineup. So you take some, you lose some. I, I still think that 
in the long run, the Isles will probably get reach a point where they're going to need to stockpile picks. But as of right now, it is what it is. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the guys we just mentioned maybe wait a couple more years. Like I said, Majo could play a couple years in the bottom six, a couple of games in the bottom six this year, but nothing out of this world. I wouldn't expect any of these guys to jump in right away next year. All right, so we do have the draft coming up. It's yep. uh, two weeks away now, so it's it's getting very close. That it's mm-hmm. you you got to be very busy this time of year, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, no first round pick, no third round pick for mm-hmm. the Islanders. Uh, first round pick going in the Bo Horvat trade, and the mm-hmm. Andrew Ladd deal actually took care of the third round pick. Next year's third round pick uh, mm-hmm. was traded away already in the Pierre Engvall deal. So. Mm-hmm still dealing away those picks, but who are some of the players that you think the Islanders could target, especially in that second round with the 49th overall pick at 49th overall. If Jaden Perron is available, you run to that stage and pick him. He, I have him 12th overall right now in my rankings. I'm still finalizing them, still moving some stuff around, but I've seen him outside the top 100 on some rankings. So it's, he's all over the place rankings wise, but Perron is first. He's, just tremendous defensively really astounding defensively once you kind of hone in on him and focus on this game you realize how much how many little details he has to his defensive game that are really really helpful for his team um one of the best uh stick handlers in the draft some of the best hands in the draft for sure great playmaker great great scorer um and despite being small he holds his own in physical battles he's able to win puck battles on a regular basis i have a lot of trouble naming you a weakness in Jaden Perron's game I'd say you know he's an agile player very dynamic but not very fast maybe adding some top speed would help out but I think that'll come as he fills his frame and bulks up so in terms of how I project Perron to be I mean for me I have a lot of trouble not seeing him make a top nine in the NHL just on the on the skill set and the way he plays and the intensity he brings and he has the skill set in order to make a top six impact so I'm just I'd be very astounded um if, if Perron doesn't make the NHL, and despite that, he's outside of a lot of top 50s. So for me, at 49, there's no doubt it's him. Why such disparity, you know, in the rankings with him? I couldn't tell you. I think a lot of people are lower on his defensive game than I am. I think a lot of people are lower on his physical game than I am. Um, but those two areas are not concerns for me at all. And that's why I'm really confident in this projection. Um, for me, he's he's up there with the Ryan Leonard's and the Oliver Moore's and the, you know, th- that kind of tier of player because he has what they have. He th- he plays the way they play and he does everything he does at such a high intensity that it's contagious. It affects his teammates. His teammates start pushing hard, harder, start, you know, helping him out on the forecheck even more. That contagion is so important for a contender. I think that Perron would be a great, great fit for the Islanders. I think he'd be a fantastic complement to a Bo Horvat because Perron's good at finding players in space. Horvat's great at manning space. They're both some, they're both amazing defensively and really intense players. They're on the same wavelength there. I think that that's a match made in heaven. So, yeah, he'd be my pick if I'm the Islanders at 49. Sounds like a, an intriguing pick and in what you would say about two, three years away from being NHL ready, or is it too early to tell at this point? I, I believe he's going to the NCAA next year. So I'd say at most three years he signs. And then it, d- it all depends on his progression. But if he progresses the way I think he's going to progress, I- I'd say he's in the NHL right off the bat outside the NCAA. So I- I th- I'd say he probably plays his junior year, tops maybe his senior year. So max four years. But 
as soon as he's done with the NCAA, he's in the NHL. If he progresses, I think I, the way I think he does. And at 49, you can take the risk, right? Yeah. Like, there's, there's starting then you're running out of those surefire players. And I know Lula Morello loves a certainty and loves his big guys, so probably not going to be the, the the direction that the Islanders actually go. But I have a really hard time justifying Perron outside of the top 20, let alone the top 50. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get to some more possible players the Islanders could pick with Hadi here, who is doing a great job of breaking all of this down. Don't forget, Locked On NHL Prospects, his show, and he will show a lot more uh, yep. of the, the next generation of hockey stars there. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They have stretch cocky shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look and bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit better than regular shorts they are made of a stiff reacting cotton and a bird dog fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can have a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement so Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. You'll get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, we are back here uh, with more with uh, Hadi Kalakesh and uh, some other players who at 49 might be good fits for the New York Islanders. I've got a couple I can talk to you through. Most of them are undersized. So I'm going to try to go for someone who I think the Isles will be interested in. Okay. Um, so there's a couple options. I think Cone Zemer might drop a bit. Cone Zemer is really interesting because he's got that off-puck movement and that goal-scoring ability of a guy like Matt, William Dufault or Matt Maggio. Very similar play style, but I think that Zemer's got a bit more intensity and dynamism to his game than those two. Um, so brings a bit more to the table, uh, which is pretty pretty much to be expected from players in this range. I mean, Dufour and Maggio were, what, fourth, fifth round picks? Yeah. So it's it's to be expected when you're picking in this range, especially in the draft like this. You're getting a player who's overall got a better package. Six foot, 195 pounds, probably going to fill out to 200. Um, it reminds me a bit of a Tyler Toffoli type of player where he's finding soft ice and getting shots off all the time. Not the best skater, but um, really good at moving quickly, playing quickly, playing with pace without being you know, pacey in and of himself. Um, other guys in this range, Bradley Nadeau is probably the a top three scorer in this draft in terms of shot. Um, and he's playing in the BCHL. So undersized guy from the BCHL, gonna drop, inevitable. Um, so he might very well be available at 49. And to get a guy with a top three shot, shot in the draft at 49th overall, you're laughing, right? Um, and if, you, if you're if you looking for a goalie, which I'd be surprised with Ilya Sorokin, um, I'd say that Trey Augustine is a fantastic shout at 49th overall. Um, really, really like his movement in the crease. Really like how technically composed he is. And he's a really, really good puck tracker as well. Um, he, he's a smaller goalie, but he's one of those smaller goalies that's adapted his game really well to his size. Think uh, UC Saros and Devin Levi, that kind of style of player where they're not the biggest guys, but they move so well. They've got such great, great feet that they're never out of reach on, on a shot. So... Those are some guys that I would consider in that range. There's a couple more like Tanner Molendyke as well, who's probably the best rush defender in this draft. But other than that, you're not getting much out of him. Reminds me a bit of Isaiah George in a sense. So that's one guy I'd see the Isles getting at taking a shot for if he's available at 49. Some guys like that. Are, are there any 
speedy forwards who you think, you know, the Islanders might be interested in because team speed is a bit of an issue, especially since they traded away Anthony Bavillier and we don't know if Engvall is coming back. Anyone who might, you know, fit that bill a little bit. Um, there's one out of Russia, Roman Kantsarov. I, I think this is too high for him because I still think he's a very junior player. Um, but if you're looking for speed, he's got it in spades. Another guy I'd probably consider would be maybe Felix Nilsson. Nilsson is, um, he's a really good two-way forward. He's been playing in a really good program with Rugla in the SHL. They've developed some really good players like Marco Casper. Um, and he plays that kind of similar style where he's really good on the forecheck, but really pacey, really aggressive and brings a lot of intensity and speed to the game. Um, other than that, uh, kind of run out of speed at this range. Um, one more, I'd say is Timur Mukhanov, another Russian prospect. He's probably the most intense prospect out of this draft. Um, no one, no one is as aggressive as he is and he's 5'8", 170 pounds. So he's just a little water bug out there. Just, just a little chihuahua rushing after everyone. It's really funny to watch, but he, he's actually good with the puck as well. So I really like his game. I've got him just outside the first round right now. And if you were Lou Lamorello, mm-hmm. put on your GM cap, 49th pick, who's your first, who's the guy you want most that's realistically going to be there? Jaden Perron. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. There's a very small chance that Andrew Crystal is available in that range, but I don't think he gets past um, Colorado and, and uh, Toronto at, at 27, 28, that kind of range. I don't think they pass on him, but if they do pass on him, he might very well be available at, at 49. But if we're talking realistically, as realistic as possible, I think Jaden Fraun has a very, very good chance of being available at 49th overall. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find you on the internet, on Twitter, and where they could find your show? Yeah, so uh, Locked On NHL Prospects will be back up and running very, very soon. Uh, we're going to have some contacts out, uh, some content out very soon uh, regarding the draft. Leading up to that, we've got a co-host lined up, uh, which we'll be announcing pretty soon. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you find uh, this podcast here. So Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, uh, SiriusXM now as well. Um, at Locked On NHL Prospects. We're on Twitter at LO underscore NHL Prospects. And you can find me personally on Twitter at HattieK underscore Scouting. Everything I do goes on Twitter. It's my one-stop shop. So feel free to swing by, give me a follow. You won't regret it. No, you won't regret it. It's a a very (laughs) good follow. Hattie, thank you so much. I appreciate you stopping by and talking a little bit of Islanders Prospects and Islanders Draft. I also want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Tomorrow on the show, we will resume our player-by-player look at the Islanders' uh, roster. Andy Andreoff will be our uh, target tomorrow. We'll talk about what he did this season, both in the NHL and in Bridgeport. And uh, we will also talk about what his future role, if any, will be with the team. So make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course... Let's go Islanders.